She's April. And she's Molly. And we are book besties. But they should have sex. Unprotected with the door unlocked. At a party. Wait, they have to both one of them has to be a person of color too. Fragging. I don't do that tongue thing. I have Tricare! Price check on prune juice, Bob. Price check on prune juice. He's a grower, not a shower. By the way, in case you've forgotten what the fuck we're talking about today, it's this book, Wilder Girls by Rory Power. I, I apologize. Would you like me to show you Wash? In condolence? Happy Halloween! Happy Halloween! <laughs> Both of us forgot to dress up. Well, Wait. I... I was actually, because we film, uh, you know, before episodes come out. Like, we don't just, like, all of a sudden, what What are you supposed to be? A witch? Yes. That is, like, the worst witch hat ever. Anyway. You'll be nice to my witch hat. It's fancy. Look at it. It's uh, cute. Uh, it looks like it's a little limp. Like It, it is a limp witch hat. Like, it needs, it, it might be cold out. That's what it looks like. <laughs> Um, he's a grower, not a shower. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, today is actually not Halloween, but the day that everyone's listening to this is Halloween. Today it's, uh, you know, the magical world of when we film. Um, but the day that's not Halloween, the day that's not Halloween, (laughs) I, um, had a really big event, um, this past week at work. Mm -hmm. And so I actually took today off work. Good. You um, deserve it. I hung out with my husband all day, and we went and bought a bunch of stuff to make our Halloween costumes. Nice. Um, what are you doing this year? Huh? What are you guys doing this year? You guys always do the cutest uh, family Thank costumes, you. so I'm always interested to see what it is. So every year we do a family costume, and this year we are Monopoly pieces. I mean, you don't have the budget of Neil Patrick Harris and his husband David, but I look forward to it just as much. <laughs> Tom usually <laughs> makes them. I made them I, when the boys were younger, and now don't Tom doubt makes that. Them. I don't doubt that. So I'm going to be the thimble because it means kiss from the movie right. Hulk, which I found out today my husband has never seen. Which we had a long conversation about. A long conversation about in the group chat. I still have questions, sir. Sir, I have questions. I don't know. I don't know. Does, does he not like Glenn Close? I don't, he, he doesn't like, know anybody else that's in it except Robin Williams. That's the only person I named. Julia and, Roberts is in it. Oh yeah, I did name Julia Roberts. But, Worst singer Bell ever, but Julia Roberts yeah, was in it. He was so cute. It's just the wig. The wig bugs me. Still to this day, that wig bugs me. It's Julia Roberts. It's the nineties. Like what else is gonna? You what know? are you gonna expect? Yeah. But then this went down this like path of us like going back and forth through Robin Williams IMDb to try to figure mm. out like what were his best movies. And so Ooh. like in conclusion for me, his best family movie is Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh. Close second tie is Fern Gully and Hook. Ooh. I'm going to have to say his best family film is Hook. Mm. I like Hook or no Aladdin. Aladdin. I disagree. I disagree completely. Uh, Aladdin, Hook, Ferngully. 
Mm-mm. He's spectacular in Fergie. Fergie is such an underrated film from when we were t- kids. Price check on prune juice, Bob. Price check on prune juice. I freaking love that movie. Such a good movie. Such that a good movie. It, that and Anastasia. Those two movies did not get the like love they deserved. No, because they weren't Disney. No, they weren't Disney. And right. Anastasia had such a beautiful story, and just I fucking loved Anastasia. Yeah. Dancing bears gracefully, things I once remembered. I loved that movie. I'm not even gonna rein you in. I was enjoying it. <laughs> it was so sweet, you know, like the small. It's an orphan story. An orphan. <laughs> You're not an orphan. No, like Harry Potter mm. or. You know, Star Wars, another mm. our orphan movie. You know, like the orphan needs to find their way. It's yeah. just there's always an orphan movie. Mm-hmm. Guess where I I'm going finished, tonight? I oh sorry, you I just finished it. another Olivia Dade book. Okay, which one is it? So it's called Teach Me, and it's her first series before she wrote Spoiler Alert. So it's actually Teach not me. her first series. Teach me. Um, her first series was not plus size main mm. characters. This was her first plus size main character. And it's about two teachers. And other than the fact that they used like teaching rhetoric and buzzwords as part of their foreplay, I really enjoyed it. But that I was like, no. Mm. So no, she's no, definitely no. grown as an author is what you're saying. Um, I mean, it was still spicy and de- delightful and witty banter was there. It had all, I mean, all of the things of, of the things. I mean, hmm. it was enemies to lovers, cl- uh, forced proximity, um, workplace romance. Uh, Just they, all they of were it. both mature because they were both divorcees and in their 40s. Hmm. Um, uh, I mean, it was just like a lot of the things, but it was. It was really good. good. It was super cheesy. I loved it. Olivia, please keep writing. She actually has a new book coming out next year. I, I saw. Mm-hmm. I'm real excited about that. You yeah. know who else has a new book coming out? Who? Deb. I know. Did you see? Um, she released a preview of the playlist. Mm. And it's like uh, Fleetwood Mac and Taylor Swift and Carly. Um, not Carly Simons. Uh Brandy Carlisle and a lot of moody singer songwriters. Sarah's real pissed in this book, and I'm fucking here for it. Who I don't know Sarah again. Who was Sarah? That? Is the aunt. the aunt? She's the aunt. She's Diana's aunt who lost her partner during. Whenever <gasps> song dies, no, no, M dies. Well, River Song M. also dies, but River Song also dies, but. So Sarah is no Sarah is the redhead that's River that's played by River Song. M is the other one. The her aunt is the one that's played by River. Yeah, yeah. M's the the partner, not the aunt. Well, I mean, she is an aunt, but she's not the aunt. So this is River's story. This is River's story. Okay. Well, what are you doing tonight? We need to talk about that so we can get into the story. I get to see our friend. Nikki. Reference. Nikki Payne. And I'm Nikki hoping Payne. she's going to And my hope is she's going to be like, oh, have you met Molly from uh, Have you met Molly? That's my hope. 
I'm hoping I get a heavy bit Ted because I'm really excited to meet Ashley Herring Blake. She writes those sapphic novels I am fucking in love with. Yeah, but she'll probably be at a different table. So aren't you just like going to both tables for them to sign or? I hope I get to meet them both. <laughs> uh, and I'm bringing Piper because Piper's read all of the sapphic ones with me. Has she read Pride and Protest? No. No. That one is uh, Sex in a Limo. That is Sex in a Limo. So. Sex in a Limo. But um, no, she has not read Pride and Protest. She just knows that Nikki and I are writing friends and that Nikki's been on the pod. So um, she has and not read Coming Pride. back on the pod in February. Woo! So let's talk about this week's scary book. This is our Woo! last book of spooky season. And this book is called Wilder Girls. And it oh is by Rory Power. Power. I keep saying Powell, but it's Rory Power. And this is her debut. And she is a YA author. And this is a library copy support local libraries. I kept saying Powell. Like See, I did too. Colin Powell. Oh. That's where my brain goes. Colin Powell. Rory Powell. I don't know why I kept saying that, but that's what I kept thinking her name was. I don't know. Um, anyway, you want a synopsis? I'd love a synopsis. Hit oh. it. Hmm? Hit it. Here we go. Hetty, Byatt, and Reese. Gosh, those are terrible names, by the terrible. way. Terrible. I could... The audiobook narrator... I didn't know if she was saying Wyatt or buy it. The way buy she, it. Buy it. she was not enunciating the buh, buh sound. It was buy it. Yeah. So it was like, huh? Huh? Let me start I, over. Yeah. Can you buy it and Reese <laughs> live at Raxter School for Girls on the secluded Raxter Island. They have lived at Raxter for three years now, but have been stuck on the island for the past 18 months because of the talks. The talks came on quickly and has altered each girl in a different way. Hetty has lost sight in one of her eyes. Byatt has a second spine. And Reese has silver scales up her arm. The other Raxter girls have some bizarre ailments. And the only two remaining staff seem to have some strange issues as well. With the CDC and the Navy providing very little supplies to the now quarantined island, the Raxter girls have turned even more feral. When Hetty is switched from gunship to boat shift, Reese attacks her, even though they are close friends. Things turn really unsettling when Hetty discovers the lack of supplies is not the fault of the Navy, but that of Miss Welch, who is instructing the boat shift girls to throw almost all the supplies over due to what she thinks is contamination. To make matters worse, Byatt has a flare-up from the tox that sends her to the infirmary, where many girls go, but never come back. Hetty sneaks into the infirmary to check on her best friend, only to discover she is gone. Byatt has been taken to a CDC lab to be studied, leaving Hetty and Reese alone to discover their romantic interest in each other <laughs> and begin to unravel all the secrets Raxter has to offer. All right, this book was written by debut novelist Rory Power. Yeah. Thoughts on her writing style. You can tell it's her new first novel. Mm -hmm. You can definitely tell it. I mean, it's not bad. I'm not saying it's bad. It yeah. reads like a first-time author. Yeah. There is cliches in here. There is, so like, she, um, I know you have a question about this, and we'll talk about it more there, but, like, 
deciding to add a second point of view half part of the way a fourth of the way through the book just shows her you know like her youth in writing does that make sense yeah and um and i mean she has a handle on ya she knows the ya voice and tone she has a good sense of her characters Mm -hmm. this is she's a solid writer yeah she's a solid writer i have some problems with storyline and whatnot but her writing style is a four out of five like she knows what who she is that's for sure for me i think that's quite generous i am being generous Um, i am being generous i can't remember if i have a question here about this so maybe i'll just say it now and if it comes up then that's fine um so i picked this book and when i started reading it and started getting how the girl's bodies were changing Mm -hmm. it reminded me a lot of cats and yammer yeah. Um, by Francesca Zappia, who came on to the pod before that book premiered. And um, that was that was our first time on the pod. Second. It was her second? Are second. you sure? She came and did a revisit. Or no, that was her first time because she did a revisit of um, Eliza and her monsters at the same time. Yeah, you're right. So she came on and that book, if you haven't read that book, go read it. What the it hell are you doing go- with your time? Go listen to our episode. Um, the with- audiobook's great too, but the physical book has things that the audiobook's not going to. Okay. Right. So I, it reminded me of how the characters were changing so much in Cats and Yammer, but that book is so much better. It's so creepy. Outwrites this author significantly. And well, I don't think I don't think it's because it was her what, fourth book at that time? Third or fourth book at the time? I don't think it was that. I just think that she is naturally talented more so than this author. Chessie? We're comparing apples and oranges, by the way, guys. Both fruits. Both fruits, but different kinds of fruits. Chessie knows her voice. Chessie Mm -hmm. is confident in her voice. And her and I have been talking. Her and I talk about writing all the time. Just, duh. But Mm -hmm. when I talk to her about writing... It is very apparent to me that if she decides she's going to write a genre, mm-hmm. she can write that genre. If Chessie decided yeah. she was going to be a fucking historical fiction writer, all she would do is just fucking do it mm-hmm. because that's her demeanor and her writing style. We're not all meant. I'm not meant to jump from genre to genre. Very few authors successfully do that. But Chessie Stephen King can do it. Well, Chessie has been able to do it. I don't think right. that Rory can write no, even no. what she intended and, to write here. Right. No. I, I mean, I see what she was trying. Mm-hmm. And if she was to make this a series, mm-hmm. I think it would get legs and do better and, like, stretch out. But she has no plans of making this a series. She has no plans on developing this. She has no plans of making wilder girls more. And Mm -hmm. I have beef with that for a lot of reasons, but I don't, (laughs) I think she left this story just hanging. Yeah. She threw away the ending. She, you know more about the publishing world than I do, but I tend to think that when YA authors are being picked up for series, they already have the series mapped out. Well, Um, it Most doesn't of t- usually happen that they get picked up and it's like, oh, this did well. Okay, right. write two more. Right. It's like, you are going to do a three-book series. We're contacting well, you for that. Okay, so let me use, since we were talking about Deb today, let's talk about Deb for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, Deb wrote, had 
Discovery of Witches, Shadow of Night, and Book of Life planned out. Mm-hmm. That was originally a trilogy. She sold mm-hmm. it as a trilogy. Right. As she began to develop the world, and she knew in the back of her head that she was going to do the Marcus book next. She mm-hmm. knew Times Convert was next. And she is she is working on a Gal Glass book. It's just on the shelf. She's currently working on the Sarah book, which is the Chronicles of Oracles. That's coming out next year, fingers crossed, gang. But Deb originally planned three books. Mm-hmm. And as Deb blew up, right. they just turned it from the All Souls trilogy into the All Souls world. But right. we've seen this with other books where the author has one book and it blows up and they could, like, A Court of Thorn and Roses. Originally, A Court of Thorn and Roses was signed on for one book. It blew up. They signed her on for three. And then they signed her up for the rest of it. As like as I didn't pop- know that with Akatar, but um, I know a few YA series that were intended to be trilogies and then have gotten extra books, like and, Twilight, for example, yeah. and Hunger Games, and the Ugly series by Scott Westerfield. Yeah. Those were all intended to be trial. Tri- the selection. Now, those last two books were an add-on. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Those two. Now Hunger Games. Um, she really did say trilogy done. I'm done with yeah. the story. So. The whereas in Stephanie Meyer just wrote Twilight again from Edward's point of view, which um, I refuse to read. By the way, refuse. Oh, I actually thought it was good, but it doesn't make. Me I hear he's like, like stalkery. Yeah, he's really. It's like gross. Really problematic. You start yeah. really, yeah, questioning everything. Yeah, um, uh, but Suzanne Collins wouldn't tell more of Kat- Katniss's story. She told more of the story within the world. Um, but she built the world, right? She gave us more of right. the world. Katniss isn't a character in um, uh, the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. She's not she a character at all. Now, if you are like, you want to go down a rabbit hole, you can figure out. Have you read that one yet? I don't want to uh-uh. spoil anything for you. You can go down a rabbit hole and figure spoil out it. how Katniss gets fit into it. Yeah. But. Um, well, it's about snow, right? Kid. Yes, but it's it's about him as a game maker and like a young snow, right? It's him in high school, his last year of high school, mm-hmm. and he is um he's a mentor. Oh, okay. It's the what Hunger Games is it? Quarter Quell? No, I, no, it's like the tenth Hunger Games or something. Oh. Um, and he, the Hunger Games was not the spectacle that it was. Oh my gosh, we're going on such a tangent here. Maybe we should talk about this later. But let's just talk so about this. The later. point is, there is a girl that he's. <laughs> what mentoring. book are we talking about? <laughs> There's a girl that he's mentoring. That's the District Twelve mm. tribute girl. Gotcha. So if you unravel all the threads, it's most likely spoilers. It's most likely that this is an ancestor of Katniss's through her dad's side. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So it's like Katniss, but Katniss adjacent. So we want you all to think it's Kat. Just put it in your mind it's Katniss. Pretend. Well, it makes sense why there would be more of a vendetta against her. Um, yeah. But anyway, you just have to read it because it's really good. I mean, it's Susan Collins. You can't go fucking wrong. That woman is masterful. I mean, she did creep Brother Bear. Little Bear. Sorry, Little Bear. It's not the same Suzanne Collins. No, I was told it was. I don't think so. I thought it was. Okay, you go to the next question while I look this up. Oh, no. I'm looking this up. 
Um, she was a writer for the show, not the book. Okay. Series. So I, I can, okay, we can concede that she sort of did it. Okay. She was a part of Brother Bear. Little Bear. But Little, Little Bear, Bear is a book Damn series. <laughs> right. Um, the book is classified, by the way, in case you've forgotten what the fuck we're talking about today, it's this book, Wilder Girls by Rory Power. We're here, um, I swear, gang. <laughs> this book is classified as YA horror. Do you mm. think it lived up to the genre? No. This is YA fantasy. This is YA dystopia. This is dystopia. not horror. I'll go with that. This I mean, the world horror. hasn't ended, but their world, their world has. This is dystopia. Mm-hmm. This is not I horror. Agree. I agree. This is not horror. There is no, it, it, there is, there is no big looming scary villain that mm. is hunting them and killing them. There is no mysterious the monster. Be, uh, right, available. right, right. Like the, this isn't horror. Plain, I, I will die on that hill. This is not horror. I don't think it is either. But I legit wanted to know your opinion because you do read horror, and yeah. I don't. This to me, this reads horror. more like it's dystopian, but it's dystopian in not so it it's not that the world has ended, it is rebuilding, like in the Hunger Games, mm-hmm. which is your typical dystopian. Yeah. This is dystopian in the everything here in this one particular it's like place a, the shit. It's like a pandemic dystopia. You know what yeah, I mean? Um, like that is the best way to describe it. It's like it's a pandemic. It's not a pandemic because it doesn't leave the island. I don't know what the right word is. Plague? A plague. Let's call it a plague. It's just, I will call it horror. I will give you it's horror light because of the injuries the girls have, right? Mm -hmm. And there is a lot of trauma when, like, the creatures come for them and bullshit. Like, that bear's fucking scary. Mm -hmm. That bear is fucking scary. The bobcats are scary. I have an issue, by the way. The deer are scary. I have an issue. Okay. Bobcats are named bobcats. Why? I don't know. Because their tails are bobbed. Their tails are no more than two inches. Two inches. Even if this cat has grown to an exorbitant rate, it will not be able to lash its tail. This woman wrote lashing of a tail. They don't have fucking tails. They are bobcats. Bobcats. They don't have tails. I have an issue with the sorry, sorry variations of wildlife that were found on this island. I just don't there think is, all of these creatures. No, like the, there was. There were definitely things that are down in the south. There is a lack of research here. There is yeah. a lack of research here that made Molly really mad. It but, did me too. Okay, and so what were we talking about before I lost my shit about bobcats? We didn't talk about last week the fact that you and Katie filmed without me, which was awesome. If you didn't hear the episode. I'm surprised we stayed together. I mean, it's better than we're doing this week. So, um, yeah. I yeah, I'm medicated this week. <laughs> I thought you guys did a good job. Thank um, you. But one of the things that, that Katie said was Addison Armstrong, who's coming on next month, mm-hmm. um, that when we read her books, hers are so well-researched. And, and the, the other author you were reading last week, and then, again, Rory Powell, Power this week, I, these are just not well researched. And, and and here's the thing: I've seen a few editors on TikTok and Instagram who talk about like the things that they get annoyed with when they're mm-hmm. editing books because of authors not doing their research. And this is one of those examples where it's just like this: why? This, how did this? How did this make it into the book? This it, it's it's stuff like this that gets under my skin, right? Because if you don't know what a bobcat is. 
and you just know the word bobcat or even idea of a bobcat, maybe take a second because yes, a tail does lash, but mm-hmm. the whole, like that was common sense, mm-hmm. right? Like if you have any basic knowledge of a bobcat, the reason they're named bobcats is because their tails are bobbed. I didn't know that, but now I do. I did in general feel like this amount of wildlife was like, no. On a, on, on, okay, and the island. The island. We have, I don't have my book. Piper has my book. There's no fucking map. I need a map, man. We, I need a goddamn map. If we are staying in one fucking location and I we are running for our fucking lives all the time, I need to know what the fuck's I going on. I need a map. I need a map. You're talking about these places like I, I know where they are. Right. Why? And you know what, Molly? <laughs> what, bad. April? Fuck the... Molly. The, April. You know, you know how when we read We Were Liars last year for Spooky Season? Yeah. There was a fucking, fucking map in there. And it was on an island. She could have just been like, you know what? Copy paste. But I did find a map. But you know who made the map? Fans. Fans. Okay, what question were we on and what the did one you ask? Thing I have <laughs> about Suzanne Collins is that The Hunger Games doesn't have a map. Yeah, I'm a little upset about that. She definitely built a world without a map. Speaking of, my map's unfinished. <laughs> Henceforth, that's the new angle, by the way. I'm not showing the map right now. Hmm. Okay. All right, well. Keep your know. secrets, then. <laughs> As I said to Tom today, <laughs> keep your secrets, then. All right, so there are a lot of relationships in this book that do not make sense to me. And one is Hetty and Reese. So do you buy the sapphic romance between these two? And was it necessary to the plot? Because it gets a for me. Uh, okay. Um, okay. I need to adjust for this one. Roll my shirt. Stretch it out. Get ready. She's going to rant, everybody. Okay. Um, She wrote a love triangle and then fucking dropped it. She wrote a love. Know, I don't even know if I would argue that it's a love triangle. I really think Hetty and Byatt were just friends and that Reese was fucking jealous because she had a crush on Hetty and Hetty didn't understand her feelings well enough to understand that she so, wasn't straight. Whatever queer label she was. Whatever she whatever queerness she is. Mm-hmm. Um, This island, these girls were already discombobulated, right? Mm-hmm. We're getting... We're getting half stories. The only kid we get a full story from is the kid that we that lives on the island. Out of mm-hmm. the three girls we follow, we get partial stories from all of them. So we don't have full history on these girls, and we're supposed to just instantly know them. So right. Wrong. No. This book had plenty of space for flashbacks and more information. This book could have been definitely longer. I'll say and that. We do get more information about all of them, but it's just not done very well. It's not well. It's not enough. It's not right. enough to fill this world in, yeah. and and Baya is the one that's kidnapped. Reese is the scaly one. Hetty's our main character, right? <sighs> that yeah. sounds right. Okay, yes, so I don't know that Hetty is really. We'll get to that in the next question. Okay, so. Reese's behavior towards Hetty feels normal mm, to me. I disagree. She is very jealous. Mm-hmm. She is. But Reese is the best friend that's like, why don't you love me? You should love me because we're best friends and I'm the perfect person for you. I also she, feel like that's by it too. Black. Oh, I feel like that's by it. 
I don't, because I don't think Byatt is gay. I think Byatt is a sociopath. Byatt 100% is a sociopath. And I think, but I think Hetty's the only person she really loves. I think Hetty's the only- I would say romantically loves. But no, like the way I love you. You and I have a bond. Are you telling me you don't romantically love me? No, I'm sorry. Is this news to you? So offended. I, I apologize. Would you like me to show you wash in condolence? Always. Always she'll be wash. Yes, um, dinosaurs. That's amazing. Um, but I feel like that was love. Like true friendship love. Yeah. Because I feel like by it probably told by it psychopath by it. Probably told a lot of things to Hetty that she probably never shared with other people before. And you could see they had a true bond by the whole 80s belt loop thing. I don't know. <sighs> or, but okay, I'm on the fence if it was. I almost feel like Hetty and Byatt, that Hetty loved Byatt as a sister, but Hetty, or but Byatt confided more in Reese. I mean, we get that Right. But I feel like Byatt also used Hetty's love. These names are terrible. I feel like, okay, girl one, I feel like girl one was being used by girl two. Girl two liked, but was friends with Reese, but knew Reese could you see her bullshit. <laughs> this is awful. This is awful. This is the worst. T- okay. So. Are you new here, Molly? Are you drawing us a map of the love triangle? Okay. So this one, right? So like this one and mm. this one are besties, but mm. this one's obsessed with this one. But mm-hmm. this one doesn't trust this one. But they have to be together. Mm-hmm. But he has to be this one. That- I'm fucking done. <laughs> if you want to follow that gang, just go watch the YouTube video. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is it made no goddamn sense. That's she- accurate. <laughs> it made no sense. She, I think she wrote it unsure of the lines she was making. Mm-hmm. I think she started it going, these are going to be three best friends. And yeah. then as she started writing it, she goes, no, nah, that's not, that's not it, bro. I don't know what it is, homie, but it's not it. it, it it's not it. I would be interested to see her writing notes to the point of when she decided. They yes. To both be queer. Yeah. Um, I'd love to see first. First draft. I feel like. It doesn't make sense that their mutual best friend is missing and they decide it's a good time to make out. That's just like a horror movie a little bit. <laughs> that is a hundred percent horror film. <laughs> but they should have sex. Unprotected then, with the door unlocked. Well, but at a party. A better chance of them both dying if they're virgins. <laughs> Wait, they have to both one of them has to be a person of color too. Yeah, good point. Well, Reese's silver does that count? count. Sure, I'm gonna. Uh, I'll count it. We'll count it. All right, let's talk about the dual narrators in this book because fucking a fucking hell, this gets another from me. Um, so this is set up that this book is told from Hetty's point of view, and right. I think we are. Gosh, I actually wrote it down. Hang on. Um, we're 120 pages into a fourth of the way, a fourth of the way into the book, a fourth of the way, possibly a little more like a third into the book before we get any other point of view. I literally rolled back three chapters and I was like, what? 
So I was listening and reading this, and I really thought I missed something when they started from Bias point of view. I was like, "Has this been it just, alternating the whole time?" And I just missed it. No, I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't. To me, this was the biggest cop out in this whole it, book, and that, in in my opinion, this was lazy writing. It showed her immaturity as a writer that she couldn't figure out how to write the story in third person. She knew she had to tell Byatt's side. She had to explain where Byatt went. And she needed to show the mischief that was going on on the other side of the island. But she didn't know how to fucking do it. And I agree with you, Molly, but it could have... We knew Byatt had secrets from the very beginning. That's established from the beginning. So they could have done dual narration and made her an unreliable narrator. As so we find good. out more, I know, as we find more out about her story, that she was like basically a compulsive liar and lied because she liked the way it, it manipulated people. Like it would have been a better story mm-hmm. had it we gotten more of the world filled out for by it. Frankly, I didn't give a shit about Hetty and Reese's romantic no. intentions. I cared about what was happening to buy it. That was the story. That was the story. And like this whole wild. sub story of fucking worrying about uh, Reese's dad and the whole fight between like it's just. There were so many unnecessary storylines in here. Yeah. And yeah. it was such a tangled knot of a mess. Mm-hmm. I didn't see how she was going to straighten it out. And she didn't. She, she left didn't. it in a naughty mess at the end. It was like, oh, okay, I'm done now. I've written enough pages. Was this like a and NaNoWriMo project that never got edited? What the hell? And scene. We're done. Good job. I wrote a book. Yay. She did. She did. And she got monies for it. Good for her, man. I feel like we need to sing the, um, what's the Dora the Explorer song? You did it. We did it. We did it. We did it. Dora. If I wanted to listen to a toddler yell at me, I could just listen to my own kids. I don't have to watch a TV show about it. Dora's awful. All of them are. Caillou is always broken in our house. Mm-hmm. Look at that. Doesn't work again. Um, as the story unfolds, we learn that Byatt has a backstory about lying and persuading people to do what she wants. Were you surprised that she was able to convince Teddy to kiss her? No. He was a hormonal teenage boy who saw a girl. My notes say, dumbass 19-year-old boy. Also, she's clearly six, sick and 15. Like, come on, dude. But he's lonely. He's first he, out of, he went he from sh- out of boot camp and he's like, oh, I'm in the Navy. And this girl is like. Most he- accurate, most accurate part of this fucking whole book. Yeah. Have you met any 19 year old straight out of boot camp? Half of them getting married out of boot camp. He's just, there's a girl here. That's good enough. Works for me. Don't care that she's in quarantine. I have TRICARE. <laughs> we actually knew people in Houston that we were friends with. I'm going to not name names. Who's to- who like got married because, and I quote, to be on the payroll. <laughs> well, End quote. I'll remind you off pod who that was if you forgot. Oh, I'm sure I remember. I can't say it now. I don't want to call them out like that, but... I mean, I'm sure they love I each will. other, whatever, but... Um, I'm sure they do love each other, but, you yeah. know. I think they're still married, I'm just assuming. 
Um, yeah, I was not surprised at all that he was able to convince her to kiss him. Um, I thought it was really funny when whatever the fuck the doctor's name was, was like, pick it. That's not it, but I don't remember what it was. But when the doctor was like, can you just tell me like what you did to convince? Yeah. You okay? I was looking for the book. I was going to look her name up. Um, to convince, uh, like, what did you do? Right. How did you get this boy? Yeah. Sick when none of the rest of us did. And she's just like, I kissed him and she laughs. Yeah. She's She's like, like, "Ah." fucking teenage girls. Fucking teenage girls. No, no, no. Fucking teenage boys. This was on him, not on her. Oh, it's absolutely on Byatt. Byatt was a fucking manipulable shit. She convinced him to go outside. She convinced him to take his mask off. Molly. April. Molly. April. Molly. April. You're raising girls and I'm raising boys. And I cannot believe I'm defending the fact that it was the boy's fault. Yes, he had free will. But that girl was very convincing. And we both know that woman was a psychopath. You just got through saying that he was like a normal kid off of. He is. And that's why he was so susceptible to freaking buy its manipulation. He didn't need her to convince him. He saw a woman and was like, I'm a kisser. I can't believe we're arguing about this stupid fucking book. <laughs> I feel like I feel like we just have so many better things to talk about than this book. I mean, yeah. not for the podcast, clearly, because our podcast is reading books and not all of them are good. But all right, let's just move on to the next question. Sounds right. good. While Biden is in the hospital, a battery of tests and treatments, uh, or let's just call a spade a spade experiments, mm-hmm. are tried on her. What do you think of her time in the hospital? I think it was lazy writing. I thought it was more interesting than the other storyline. I mean, yes. But it was lazy writing because she had no idea how she was going to tell that part of the story. Mm -hmm. And that's what I mean. Third person exists. And if you don't want to write in third person, if it's hard for you. And honestly, I prefer reading first person to Mm -hmm. third person. So if that's your issue, you're like, I want to write a first person book. Then you need to actually do dual narration. Don't wait till she's fucking kidnapped. I know. Come on. I know. So lazy. It's so lazy. So lazy. It's just. I don't know how old she could have gotten her. Sometimes we read books, Molly, and I'm just like, this was, this was the thing that was never put in the slush pile. This was the thing that was picked up by an agent who saw the talent and an editor who saw the talent and a publishing company who saw the talent. Saw the talent. This is, this, this was it. This was it. I've written better pages. I'm just saying. I've written better pages. I'm I have more. My kids have written better pages when they've just written like books about them themselves for school. It, 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 it's just so annoying. And you know what it's bothers frustrating. me, Molly? You know what Try me? being a writer. <laughs> you know what bothers me, Molly? I feel like if we did a comparison, I really mm-hmm. truly believe this. If we did a, a like a, a side by side. Of the books that you pick and the books that I pick more times when we both don't like the book, more times it's you've picked them. Of course. Because I have a wider range. Yeah, I have a wider range. Okay, well. well, And you like, and you have a very specific taste and I don't. 
So, but this one is terrible, and I picked it. It is. That's very true. And I don't dislike this just because it's not my genre. And it's, it's not, not even good. Like, it's not that I don't dislike it. This book has scal- It has worth. Mm. It's. I'm a well-read reader. It's worth eighteen ninety-nine. Hardback edition. <laughs> I, I I'm a well-read reader. Mm-hmm. I'm a educated author. Mm-hmm. I've been taught in all of the fucking things. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've been in the industry for longer than I want to say. And uh, I know what is good and what isn't. Yeah. And and that's just me as a professional podcaster saying that. I'm professional book person here. I know what's good and what isn't. So when I see something like this go out, a half-finished idea mm-hmm. put on the shelf and yeah. doing well, I don't it grinds my gears. Because there are people yeah. like myself and that have been grinding and pushing out books yeah. for a bazillion years and they sit yeah. in slush west. I have a friend who's writing she's a I'm totally gonna go on a tie right here and I'm sorry guys it's okay she's a writing friend from SNHU she graduated with me she is writing a fae story that is dual dimension and it's got like it is high fantasy and I've been beta for her and I like it high fantasy and I like it and like high fantasy I don't like high fantasy Mm -hmm. that is how well this is written yeah. And she has been rejected by some of the best publishers. Right. And I'm like, I would put this over a Cawthorn Roses. My favorite novel of all time is To Kill a Mockingbird. And that was rejected multiple times. And it's that book just, is one of the most pub- published, highest volume of published uh, per year. It still sells a million copies a year. It bothers me so much that there are books out there that probably could change lives, could change our lives, mm-hmm. and we'll never see the but light of day. Pile. Yep. Yeah. And you might be right. You do read more genres than I do. I just like to think that I pick better books. but You do, but you pick what you like. You yeah. like, like <laughs> okay, next season I put on Big Swiss, right? Mm-hmm. Big Swiss is just a random book I saw in Barnes and Nobles and the description made me giggle. The only reason it's on pod, right? Mm-hmm. So I grab books like that. You do research, you're methodical, but, you, you but you're professional. Because of the way that you approach them, we end up with things like that no one left to come looking for you. Oh my god, that was so good. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> I don't know what to say but i forgot to tell you this leslie uh messaged me yesterday on Uh facebook because we're facebook friends now oh nice um and she started another tj clune his first ya and she said it was just as good of course it was he's phenomenal so we're reading the puppets book of course hi leslie we miss you thank you leslie um okay what do you think about the concept that this was all cover up and that head headmistress actually wanted the CDC to poison the food and experiment on all the girls. Why Miss Welch was also was actually the good guy. Guy was this a good bait and switch? It was so predictable. I was like, surprised that headmistress was in favor of the experimenting. I thought I think the headmistress was old and batty, 
and like I thought the tox had effect- affected her mental her brain. State. Mm-hmm. I um I didn't think we were going to ever be able to trust the adults from the beginning of that book. Mm-hmm. I it didn't matter if I don't believe that some of them wandered off to save food. I'm pretty sure that those motherfuckers were Just, the first ones yeah. to experiment on. Yeah, you know what other plot line she dropped? Speaking of being experimented on. She mm-hmm. dropped that plot of where Hetty finds the cooler hidden in the, yeah. in the woods that was the first experiment. It was yeah. the first patient. She never revisited yeah. that. Um, there's a lot of things in there that she, like, just kind of piddled in and ignored. Mm-hmm. And, like, I got government experiment from this book by chapter four. I knew that this was a government experiment from Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You texted me this is all a government cover-up. And I was barely, I was like 20 pages in at that point. And I was like, "Mm, yeah, this is a government experiment. And that's just the vibe it gave. But are we going to talk about the ending? Yes, we are. Okay, I'm going to wait to rant about that. But with the ending, and Mm -hmm. it was just garbage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I am very frustrated by how she decided to manipulate the story to where she thought it was a good ending. It wasn't. Um, I thought it was pretty. Uh, I I really did like that Miss Welch is so traumatized by all that she's been through and doesn't want to have to be involved in killing the girls. Yeah, so she kills herself. Yeah. Although she probably could have fought headmistress. Oh, 100%. She probably but, could have taken... I'm surprised she didn't. Since headmistress left her in charge of all the weapons, and she yeah. knew what the headmistress was up to, why didn't she just walk up to her and just... You know what I mean? Like, But instead, I, she killed herself, and then headmistress gassed the girls like they were in the gas chambers yeah. in like Auschwitz. And then when that didn't work, when the girls escaped that... She then put fucking uh, gunpowder in their water. Yeah. I actually thought Taylor killed her. When they found her in her office, I thought they were going to find her dead. Taylor killed her. That's what I thought. Taylor was going to be the last bitch standing. (laughs) She was going to make sure of that. Mm -hmm. All right. There's one character that I uh, feel was really underdeveloped. (laughs) Good segue. Mm -hmm. uh, In the story for me. And that was Taylor. So what did you think of her character arc? Honestly, I didn't think the character... I'm struggling to, like, remember who the character was. So she was the girl that was originally on... Um, boat crew, but boat. left, right? Yeah. And it, Hetty doesn't really know why, but she thought it was the guilt of, like, throwing yeah. the food over. But it wasn't that. Like, she didn't care. She was mm-hmm. a fucking adult and wanted off that motherfucking island. Right, and, and I get that. Yeah, like... Business. Yeah. Right, like... It, it was an unnecessary waste of page, honestly, for me, because there is so much. We had such a world with those three main girls. We really, truly needed to focus more on their story and mm-hmm. adding Taylor's storyline and the way she was in, like, she was so important, but not important. Yeah. It just, it was unnecessary to me. I needed more of her story to really feel like the puzzle pieces fit together. We just, right. And that's probably true about, like, everybody. Right. Either give us more of them or less of them. Or like, don't. yeah, yeah. It, it like agreed. Same like the headmistress. We barely 
got glances of the mm-hmm. the teacher that ran the freaking boat crew we got glances of we yeah. barely got glances of reese's dad and he's like a driving force for her in this fucking mm-hmm. book yeah you know it- yeah there was a missed opportunity to do additional characters point of views and to really make this uh round out novel yeah which would have been easier done in third person but you know i've already beat that dead horse all right I want to talk about in more detail about the tox itself. Yeah. The tox essentially turns girls into Raxter like creatures. So they bleed black, like the crabs and the irises and whatever. And uh, it gives them features of animals and plants from the Island. Um, But it also makes the animals more feral and -hmm. plants overgrow um, aggressively. Uh, Then we find out. Yeah. That the tox was a tiny worm parasite that basically got strong enough to infect humans because of climate change. <laughs> Thoughts? Get them, Molly. She's gearing up, friends. It's calm down. I'm going to stretch first because She's I'm really pissed about this. Up and is stretching now. Oh I'm God. really pissed about this. Um, it's be amazing. I'm... Okay. Listen here, children. (laughs) I am all about climate change. I really do think our planet's in danger. I think there's a lot of things we can be doing to help our world. There's wars, there's tragedies, there's a lot of things that are happening right now. I don't need it in my fucking novel. It wasn't the climate change that bothered me. It's not a villain. It we are that wasn't what bothered me. It was that there's this tiny ass worm and somehow the CDC didn't find that they were infected with a parasite. You are the CDC. How do you not find the parasite? I don't understand. They, they, girls that they examined. They ran scans. So many fucking scans on these girls. They did MRI, CTs, PET scans. They did fucking everything and you're telling me you couldn't find a fucking tapeworm and and when when Violet removed the worm from her arm she was like her own self i feel better she was better so i feel really bad for tom editing this episode he's downstairs i'm sorry tom i'm sorry tom but like i know you have to understand this book we read eight plus hours of mm-hmm. novel mm-hmm. for the villain to be global warming mm-hmm. and a parasite yes mm-hmm. yep yep she couldn't even veil it like she couldn't make it more like we couldn't get it what the fuck was that what did you do <laughs> just keep going she couldn't even veil it in symbolism. We couldn't even get like like metaphors and bullshit and like some sort of like I don't know. But like to just I'm not the fucking horror writer. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. She just went direct on and blamed global warming and it's like You've got to be kidding me. And the way it's wrapped up, it's like, oh, I guess climate change must have made this worm stronger. The end. Global warming's bad. The end. And if you don't stop global warming, kids, you're going to cough up a heart. 
it's like it's like mean <laughs> girls if you have sex you will get chlamydia and die <laughs> if you don't protect the environment you will get a worm and die <laughs> and that worm will make you have extra heartbeats or an extra spine you might get scales and but all don't worry baby all you gotta do is dig it out with a scalpel by yourself after you've been gassed <laughs> she wasn't one of the kids that got gassed they gassed her in the hospital oh they that's right even the oxygen mask that's it was gassed. Right. she knew she knew what they were doing she knew they were killing her she didn't want to live after teddy died <laughs> all right so the novel I'm- ends with hetty and reese saving by it and escaping the island on a boat that's it that's the whole ending <laughs> wait you forget Hetty no. coughs up a tiny little heart at the end. Tiny heart. Just <clears throat> like a cat in a hairball. <laughs> That's all. The- and then they're just like sitting there sloshing in the boat. The ends. I literally took my head earbuds out and I go, That's it? <laughs> I like pulled my phone out and I go, There's no. That's it. Afterward, we don't get a. <laughs> 10 years later. Like, and so I Google it. It's a standalone. So, um, friends, if you are looking for something to make up for this lackluster book that is ruining your life, there is a show on Amazon called Class of 07, and it is a post-apocalyptic show of a all-girls school at their 10-year reunion, and they are in Australia, and the world falls apart and they become this little island and they're all stuck at the school it is spectacular and hilarious and funny and it'll make up for the fact that you read this stupid book and if you want an even better book to read you could read cats and yammer well yes you could read cats and yammer and you should read cats and yammer but you could also read station 11 by emily st john and then listen to the episode i did with chesi i mean i guess you could listen to read that book it's a good book it's a book excuse me oh, fucking hell molly i think that's it <laughs> next month because this sure. is the end of october for us it is the end of october there's the book i found my older girls it's on the floor <laughs> perfect timing molly. as always as always all right so next week we are reading we are the light by matthew quick and this is the same author who wrote the silver linings playbook which mm-hmm. i've never read but have seen the movie and it was pretty good i wasn't um, a fan of the movie you what i wasn't a fan of the movie it was okay i mean it didn't make know. sense to me but what I mean, do i know Lawrence is in it i'm gonna like it i same. even like her ter- terrible movies so same i love her well that's november 7th mm-hmm. and then november 13th we have special guest addison armstrong is back with the light of luna park so Yay! we got addison at uh, napolis book festival in april and um she was there talking about her book um the war librarian which was phenomenal read that book so so we're going to talk about her first novel which is the light of luna park and she's going to be here to talk another author that got published really young Mm -hmm. like we're collecting baby authors her and chessie man these brilliant girls are just well nikki's like our age right yeah she's got a a a boy that's in either um she's got a son who's in either elementary middle and susan cole was older than us yeah 
I mean, we, we've got a, there's a gamut. Yeah. C.C. Harrington's older than us. Okay. Then I don't actually have a copy of this book because my husband forgot to pick it up from the library. So he's going to put it right here. He promised me. It is Remarkably Bright Creatures. She put it, it has right an there. octopus on it, Tom. There's an octopus right there. Um, Remarkably oh Bright Creatures on the 20th. And that one is everywhere. That everywhere. Is it's been on my TBR since the beginning of the year. Everybody's well, raving last about year, it. It's been on my TBR. Yeah. It's been everywhere. Everyone's raving about and it. And then we're ending the month on November 27th with speaking of a book that's been fucking everywhere. Fourth oh my wing. God. Fourth Wing. Fourth Wing by Rebecca Yaris. And I've already or pre-ordered the sequel, which comes out in November. So we'll I have had so many. Uh, this is a book with a butt map. By oh the my way, gosh, I was going to show you the same thing. Map. <laughs> Um, this is a book that everyone from my All Souls friend group has yeah. been on me to read. Yeah. Everyone. I've and I'm like, it's on pod. Time. It's on pod. I swear it's coming, guys. It's coming. November. Yeah. I've been we will be reading it. Let's hope we don't hate it because we will really make you guys mad. <laughs> I have a feeling that if one of us hates it, it's going to be you and not me because I read more of fantasy than you. Mm -hmm. Like you like fantasy, but you like witch fantasy. Right. Like spells and things. And, and vampires like, and like, right. yeah. I like, like, Matt, you like yeah. you like more paranormal fantasy and I like more dragons and romance and fae and romanticy. Dragon. I don't do that tongue thing. <clears throat> Name the movie. <clears throat> Let's move on. Of course yeah. I don't know what that is. Matt, I did that the other day and Matt's like, I don't know that line. But just for the record, I <laughs> okay we probably should go fucking hell all right i love you molly it was good to i be love back. you it was good, to, good be back. to be back i'm glad you took a break though you needed it i really did thank you so much for yeah me. and i'm so glad katie was here because we had fun i love katie i swear I love katie. I, she has been so the right third leg we didn't know we needed <laughs> Yeah, I mean, she had her first episode with us in season one, early in season one, like episode six or something. I mean, we yeah. were really baby pod potters. Yeah. And um, not potters, not potters, potters. but potters. Um, and you didn't even know each other. Like, no. you guys have only met in person once now. And I've and known she's Katie probably one of my best friends. Too. Yeah. My internet best friend. Yeah. Hmm. yeah but yeah, i mean i agree i yeah. agree okay i love you i, I love will you. see you next week bye fuckers Happy halloween everybody bye thank you for joining us on book besties don't forget to like and subscribe the views discussed here are those of april and molly not those of anyone else today's book was wilder girls by rory power your book besties are molly biggs and april watkins editing by thomas watkins and music is sleep sweetly by prigida don't forget to follow the book besties on facebook instagram tiktok and youtube if you'd like to contact the book besties please email us at bookbestiespod at gmail.com or visit our website, bookbestiespodcast.com. Until next time, besties, get lost in your favorite book.